0: Welcome to the Life is Better With You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help, and where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer, this podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit a physician or go to withyouhere.org therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. This episode is included in our mini series titled Breaking the Cycle and Starting New Conversations. Subjects in this series may trigger some or contain topics not suitable for certain audiences. Please use your discretion. Our topic for today is conversations around sex, consent, and boundaries. Now here's our host, Dr. Childs.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Life is Better with you here I'm your host, Dr. Shivana Child, and I am so glad to be with you today. Today, our topic is going to be on conversations around sex and consent and boundaries. But as you know, before we get started, I always like for us to center ourselves. So today, we're going to do an exercise called Satisfying Your Thirst. It's just a grounding exercise, which I think is very appropriate for what we're going to be discussing today. So find a place, relax, as I guide us through this meditation. In preparation for this journey, take a deep breath and close your eyes. As you inhale, roll your eyes upwards behind your closed lids. Then, as you exhale, let your eyes relax and rest wherever is comfortable. Your eyes are relaxed, your lids are heavy, and any tension you might be carrying in your forehead is dissolving away. You are floating gently and continually into a state of relaxation. As you continue to relax, imagine that you are hiking in a remote wooded area far from any roads, towns, or people. You come across a crystal clear stream of water. It appears as though no one has ever been in this part of the woods, and the stream is completely pure and natural. You are in a state of awe. Thirsty from your travels, you kneel down along the mossy shoreline to drink. Taste how crisp and fresh this water is. Feel it entering into your body. As it is absorbed within you, every cell in your body is revitalized. This sensation is an experience to be shared. Bring it back with you now as you open your eyes and return from your journey. I hope that was a really relaxing and nice journey. Often we drink this bottled water that says it's from the springs of some mountain. but it's nice to imagine some crisp, clear, fresh water that's revitalizing our spirit, our soul, ourselves to get us back to that healthy version of ourselves. So today we're going to be discussing a healthy topic. We're going to be discussing sex, consent, and boundaries. You know, we often talk about sex, but we don't go in depth about it. We talk about dating, but we don't go in depth about it. And we talk about sex and we go straight to it and we skip this whole concept of having intentional conversations about sex. I always talk about having intentional conversations. And what I mean by intentional conversations is intentional conversations about everything. When you have an intentional conversation, it doesn't matter the topic, but what matters is the intent. What do you want to get out of that conversation? What do you want to learn? What do you want to say? And how do you want to be heard? So, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, make sure that this is an appropriate audience. If you have kiddos around, it may not be appropriate for those 16 and under. Okay. We're going to be having some mature conversations. Today, we're going to talk about the healthy side of sex. And I'm going to go over some benefits of sex because there are some very good benefits of sex that either we don't know about or we haven't thought about. So, Sex is meant to be enjoyable. It is good for the body and not just good for men. Sex is good for women too. And newsflash, we crave it. We enjoy it too. So it is not just for men, it is also for women. All right? So I'm going to read off some of the benefits that I found in an article on WebMD. Your immune system. Sex is good for your immune system. People who have sex have higher levels of what defends your body against germs, viruses, and other intruders. So when you're having sex, you're building your immune system. That is great. It boosts your libido. For women, it increases our libido. Your libido is your sex drive. So when we have sex, it, ha- it helps us to create crave more sex. Um, it increases our vaginal lubrication. So we're lubricated naturally that way. Sometimes for those of us that are older, vaginal dryness becomes an issue with sex, with having more sex, increases that lubrication. But if it doesn't, talk to your OBGYN, talk to your doctor. There are ways to help with lubrication. It also increases our blood flow and the elasticity of our vaginas. So that stretch, that give, it is a muscle. So it helps with all of that. It also helps with bladder control. So women, you know, sometimes as we get older, when we laugh, we joke, we drink, we can get a little squirty down there. So this helps with that. So again, sex can be not only fun, but it's good for your body. It's good for your body. It lowers your blood pressure, okay? Research has shown that people who have sex There is a link between sex and low blood pressure it counts as exercise i've always said this it is a good stress reliever it is a natural antidepressant and it's exercise um it says here that you burn five calories for every minute of spec so hopefully you're having sex for about 30 to 40 minutes that's a lot of calories to burn even if you did seven minutes that's 35 calories Most of us are involved for more than seven minutes. And if not, let's get our game up. Let's make this a marathon. Doesn't have to be a sprint, but it can be a marathon. Let's make it longer. And sex is just more than that sexual act. It's that intimacy. It's the kissing, the cuddling, the foreplay that happens before sex, because sometimes that's the turn on. And this is what we're going to have conversations about. Um, There is a lower risk of heart attack okay a good sex life is good for your heart okay um besides being a great way to raise your heart rate it helps keep your estrogen and testosterone levels in balance so again this thing that was created for us is good for our bodies in many ways more than just procreation sex does a lot of things that are good for our bodies less pain this i did not know however um Orgasms release a hormone that helps raise your pain threshold. So more sex, less pain, got a headache, might want to consider sex. It might help with that. And I want you to think about this. How many times have you been stressed out? You've been achy. You aren't feeling good. You have sex. And all of a sudden, you find out you feel better. There's a reason for that. It releases a lot of feel-good hormones. Men, listen up. Men who have sex and ejaculate at least 21 times a month lower their risk of prostate cancer. Hear me again. Men who frequently have sex or ejaculate, and that's with or without a partner, at least 21 times a month, you lower your risk of prostate cancer. That is a big health problem in our society. So this is one of the natural ways to lower that risk. So this is a way of taking your health into your own hands, literally and figuratively. It improves sleep, okay? We often complain our partners fall asleep right after sex. That's because it was good and you were good. It puts us to sleep, it's a natural sleeping pill. It helps that circadian rhythm, it helps put it back in balance. Our bodies also need sleep to function better, to lower our stress, decrease anxiety, decrease depression, decrease stress. Sleep helps with all of that. Orgasms help with sleep, okay? Um, It eases stress, we just said. It's a natural antidepressant, anti-anxiety. So sex is good for us in many, many ways. So because it's good for us when we meet somebody, when we're with somebody, even if we've been with them for years, conversations about our sex life should never stop. As people, we evolve. Who you were at 20, you are not at 30. And who you are at 30, you probably won't be at 40 and 50. We are evolving creatures. And thus, most times our sex lives evolve. So when we find somebody, we date somebody, sometimes we just often gloss over sex and we just kind of go into it. We just get into it. Oftentimes, we don't know what we like in a sexual relationship. It is very important for you to understand your body. It is very important for you to know what you like sexually. And that may mean exploring your own body. Sometimes we have religious things, cultural things, or self-imposed things that make us feel like we cannot do that. And that is okay. But figure out what it is that pleases you so that you're able to tell your partner. How many of us have been in relationships where the relationship is great, but the sex life is just okay because we're really not enjoying it, because we haven't spoke up. We're afraid to tell them we don't like what they're doing, or we don't like how we're being touched. This is where intentional conversations come in. Whether we've been with this person for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, we should be able to speak up about our bodies and what we're interested in and what we like to do. Sex is a very important and imperative part of our lives. So, we need to have intentional conversations about it. So, let's say when you start off dating, some questions we, we need to discuss, especially if we're going to be going into that realm, right? And it can be uncomfortable. So, we have to just find our way through this. So, one of the things that we want to talk about before we get to that is consent. And consent, when we look at it on its face, we think that's easy. Consent is me giving permission for anyone to have access to my body. It's me saying yes. But a lot of us get concerned about consent. We don't know necessarily how to say no, how to say yes. I started to say yes, but then I wanted to say no, but I felt I couldn't say no. Long and short of it. No is no, no matter when you say it. Even if you're in the middle of that act and there's penetration and you say no, the act stops. Okay? No is no. Your body is your body. You start and stop whenever you want. This goes for men and this goes for women. Anybody, everybody has consent and we should be able to give it. Now, there are legal ways in which consent can never be given those with developmental disabilities, those who are under age. And so we need to check the statutes in our, in our system, in our states. But ideally, you're with an adult of the same age or you're with somebody of the same age. However, consent is still a thing. No is no. So consent is agreement between participants engaging in sexual activity. It should be clearly and freely communicated. There is no coercion. There is no talking somebody into it. There is no assuming what they meant. Okay, assumption is very, very dangerous because what I assume could not be what the other person understands. We should not assume. We should always ask. We should always talk about it and make sure we are clear. And we'll talk about something later That's called enthusiastic consent, where it can kind of get a little bit messy, which is why we need to talk. We need to open our mouths about what we want, what's okay, what's not okay. Consent, again, cannot be given by those who are underage, intoxicated, or incapacitated by drugs or alcohol. If drugs or alcohol are involved, A, question yourself, do you really want to be involved in any kind of activity with somebody who's intoxicated? They cannot give consent. You should want to be with somebody who is able to make that decision, who wants to be with you. And again, with underage people, we need to check the reality of what we're getting into. Um, if they're asleep or unconscious, for some people, this is a no-brainer. But for other people, this is a gray area. And for those of us, we think, of course, I'm not going to have sex with somebody who's asleep. Or unconscious, but there are people out there who are not of the same mindset. So again, this is when we talk to our sons and daughters about going out and being careful of who you accept drinks from or who brings you something in an open container. These are intentional conversations we have with our young adult children when they're in their teens and their 20s and they're going out about what's acceptable and what's not and to keep them safe. Because if somebody drugs them or roofies them, all of this goes out the window because if they're unconscious, intoxicated by drugs or alcohol, they cannot give consent. They're impaired. So again, another intentional conversation to have with our kids. Okay, if someone agrees to an activity under pressure or intimidation, it's not consent. It's intimidation. You should never be intimidated into having sex. You should never be coerced into having sex. It should always be your decision. It is a choice that you either grant or you take away. It is your choice. It is consent for a reason. Um, Unequal power dynamics. A boss and an employee can't really give consent. Because if I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job, I can't give consent to this this situation. So there's a lot of areas where consent gets blurred. So we have to be aware of those things. If you think you're in a power differential with a professor and a student or a boss and an employee, um, any situation where you feel you have something to lose if I don't do this, that's not consent. That's being coerced. There's a power struggle there. So these are the things that we have to look out for when we think about consent. So again, consent on his face is giving my permission, but there can always be situations. There can also be situations where we feel like we don't have an option. You always have options. You always have options. So how does consent work? Consent works when you're engaging in a sexual activity um, and it's about communication. should always be talking. And again, like I said, you can be, let's say we have two consenting adults. They're the same age. There's not a power differential here. There's no alcohol involved. Everybody's sober. Everybody knows what they're doing. Okay. You can be in the middle of an act. If you decided in the beginning, yes, this was okay. Yes, I'm feeling this. This is great. And then somewhere along the line, eh, I kind of changed my mind. I don't want to do this you can say no, you are not obligated anywhere in that act to be like, "Eh, I started this, I should finish. No, you don't have to. And if the other person is upset, they can be upset. They're allowed to be upset. That does not obligate you to complete or finish something you don't want to do. And if it goes any further after that, after you have said no, then it becomes a legal problem because then that's assault, then that's a rape, then that's a sexual assault, and that's a whole nother issue. So let's be clear, consent can happen at any time. It can happen at the beginning, you can say no, it can happen in the middle, it can happen anytime. time. You are always able to change your mind, and that's where some of us get confused. Well, I started it and I said yes, so I figured I should go ahead. No, you don't have to. And that's where conversation comes in. That's where we set boundaries. Um, Withdrawing consent, you can do it verbally. You can also do it non-verbally. You can push away. You can close your legs. You can put back on your clothes. Consent looks like a lot of things, but verbal is best so that you know that you have been heard. There are no questions about that. And so as we talk, I said we would get to something called enthusiastic consent. And this is where it can kind of look blurry. So I'm just gonna read to you what it is. It's a newer model concept for the... So now we're gonna talk about something called enthusiastic consent. Um, And it can look a little bit like I started and maybe I was giving cues and it looked like I wanted to go through with it, but I'm not really ready. So I'm going to just read you what it looks like. It's a newer concept model for the understanding that consent focuses on positive expressions of consent. So simply put, it means looking for a presence of a yes. Yes. So a presence of a yes means, yes, I'm kissing you back. Yes, I'm hugging you. Yes, I'm doing these things. But you don't hear a no. I'm not saying no, but I might be slowing down. I might freeze because I don't know what else to do. Fight, flight, or, or freeze. And I think with the enthusiastic consent There's a freeze component that might come in where I'm not fighting. I'm not flighting. I'm not leaving, but I freeze and I don't know how to say no. I'm not saying yes, but something has triggered me and I don't know what else to do. So I freeze and it looks like I'm going to go through with this because I haven't said no. The other person just hasn't picked up that something has stopped in me something has stopped in that person who has frozen in that moment, okay? So it can be expressed verbally or through nonverbal cues, such as positive body language. I might be smiling or maintaining eye contact. Doesn't mean I'm not freezing, but I might be nodding. You know, there might be other cues that don't necessarily represent consent, but they're not saying no, Okay. It's still necessary in those moments to speak up. And it's hard when you freeze in those moments. So we have to be able to take a deep breath and, again, let your body relax. Like being in that lazy river, just let your body relax so you can come back to center and be like, you know what? I need to slow down. I need this to stop. Right now, I'm not really feeling this. We don't have to go into deep-seated issues. We can just be like, I'm not really feeling this. Or can we go do something else right now? But being able to verbalize that so that we can come out of that freeze position. So, what it can look like is if you enthusiastic consent looks like asking permission before you change the type or degree of sexual activity um, phrases like, is this okay? You know, for the other partner, if you see that your partner is freezing up, stop because. Notice something is wrong. Sometimes we can be so into it, we're not looking for cues. If you notice your partner's freezing up or if something is just off, ask them, is this okay? Do you need to stop? Is everything all right? I'm confirming that what we're doing is reciprocal, that they want to be doing this. Do a check-in throughout the sexual activity. See if this is pleasing to them. If they like it, give them an opportunity. To say, oh, yeah, this is good. I like this. Yes, we can keep going. Or if we could slow down for a little bit, that would be great. But give them an opportunity. That verbal communication is going to be good for the relationship in all factors. But I'm going to guarantee you it's going to be mean more during that sexual activity. Because your partner is going to think more of you. Like, this person really took the time to stop and ask me if what we're doing was okay that's a caring partner. So this lends a lot and it pours more into the relationship and it will make any sexual activity much better after that. A partner who pours in and cares for you is a partner you're going to open yourself up to. So let's check in. Always check in. Every few minutes, every step of the way, check in and we'll talk more about boundaries and likes and dislikes. And so if you see that person freeze, you can give them a moment to come down and ask what's going on or if they like, or we just change and do something else, or we stop and be okay. Um, letting your partner know that you can stop anytime. We can stop doing this. Do you want to go watch a movie? Do you want to have popcorn? Do you want to play the video game? What do you want to do? No pressure. And even saying that, no pressure. We don't have to keep doing this. We got all the time in the world to do whatever. Those words mean a lot. It means that you care and you're willing to wait. And I'm just going to tell you some things are worth waiting for. Check in, providing positive feedback when you're comfortable with an activity for the person who freezes. Like, okay. I like that. That was nice. Or I don't, I don't really like that. Can we not do that? Can we do something else? But again, if that person's checking in with you, that opens the door for you to say that. So everybody's in tune with one another. Explicitly agreeing to certain activities by either saying yes or another affirmative action, like I'm open to trying. Again, there's a lot of conversations that need to be had around sex. And we'll go into some of those later. Right now we're talking about enthusiastic consent, but talking about it. Yes, I'm into that. No, I'm not into that. Is this okay? Yes. Is this okay? No, I don't like that. But having these conversations so we can be on the same page and we can give each other that freedom to do so. Um, using physical cues to let the other person know you're comfortable with taking things to the next level. Okay. What enthusiastic consent does not look like? The things you don't want to do. Refusing to acknowledge a no. This is when we go into assault. This is when we go into rape. If somebody says no, it is a no. I don't care where you are in the stage of the act. It is a no. A partner who is disengaged, non-responsive, or visibly upset. Those are all cues something is wrong. They may have frozen and not know what else to do. Remember that fight, flight, or freeze. If they're freezing and they're crying and they're shaken, there's a problem. Stop. Ask them if they're okay. See what's going on. Check in. This is not consent. Um, assuming that wearing certain clothing, flirting, or kissing is an invitation for anything more. Sometimes the kiss is just a kiss. Flirting is just flirting. I will let you know when I want more. They will let you know when they want more. One step at a time. Remember, marathon, not sprint. Someone being Under the legal age of consent, as as defined by the state, someone intoxicated, someone incapacitated, unconscious, um, drugged, alcohol, that is not consent. That is coercion. Um, Pressuring anyone to any sexual activity, that's not consent. That could lead to charges because of sexual assault molestation. Assuming you have permission to engage because you did it the last time. Just because we had sex before does not give you carte blanche to me thereafter. Every act requires consent. Every act requires consent. And this is where we like to set up physical boundaries. So There has been arguments in the past where they were wearing this or they look like that or their body reacted. And so they thought it was okay. We can have an erection. Women can still physically respond because our bodies are our bodies. There can be an erection, lubrication, arousal, or orgasms are involuntary at times. Meaning your body might react one way, even though you are not consenting to the activity. Those physical reactions do not mean you consent. It just means that those physical reactions do not mean that you consent. It just means that your body responds to certain things. That is not consent. And if you're the person who has frozen and yet your body is still reacting, that is not your fault, that is your body responding, and a no is still a no. So we want, I want you to keep that very much in mind. Hm. Our bodies can respond, that does not mean we give consent. So sometimes perpetrators will use that fact to say that consent was given when it was not. We are human beings, our body have, has automatic responses like you just heard me cough. I didn't give consent to cough. My body just did that. Okay. So I just want you to be aware of that. Sometimes a physical reaction or what's happening to us does not mean we give consent. So now we're going to talk about boundaries. And this is what we set up in our relationship to know what we like, what we don't like, what's good, what's bad, what's You know, what your vibe is for your sexual experience. As people, we are not monolithic. As Black people, we are not monolithic. There are conversations that need to be had around sex. Everybody is not what some people call vanilla sex. Everybody does not like missionary. Some people like different positions. Sometimes we need to talk about that. Not sometimes we need to talk about that. Because if you are a straight-laced person and you want a straight-laced person, I think this is a conversation you need to have when you're about to cross that area and expand your, your relationship to a sexual relationship. If you have somebody who's into BDSM, bondage, sex, um, sadomasochism, domination, kink, and you're not, that might be a little bit of a problem. So that's the conversation needs to be had. The conversation might include how many partners you've had. The conversation might include whether you've had any STDs or sexually transmitted infections. The conversation might include, do you want to have an open relationship or do you want this to be a monogamous relationship? It might include your turn-offs, your turn-ons, what your kink is, even if you know what kink is. Explore all of that so that you have the best sexual relationship that you can possibly have. What makes you feel safe? Again, that fight, flight, or freeze. What makes you want to fight? What makes you want to fly? What makes you freeze in situations? Having a partner that you feel safe enough to have those conversations with. Um, Adventurous or play it safe? You know, do you like bondage? Do you like shibari? which is the Japanese art of being tied up, what's your kink? Do you have a kink? Do they have a kink? What do you want to explore? Do you want to go to a sex club? Do you just like plain, regular, vanilla sex? Or do you like to mix it up a little bit? What does it mean to you? These are conversations that need to be had so that you're not surprised going in and that each person kind of knows what the other person likes. And can we explore things together? Are you open to this? Does this feel good? Is this okay? Having those conversations and setting the boundaries about what you like is important. Setting a boundary doesn't put you in a box. It may very well take you outside your box. But knowing what your boundaries are and having your partner know those boundaries as well, because those boundaries could expand but we won't know if we don't have the conversations. So let's start having good conversations around sex, consent, and boundaries. Boundaries are very important. They change as your life changes. Um, It's trial and error. Sometimes I like this, sometimes I don't. I didn't know I liked that. Wow, I like that. Let's try this. If you're having sexual issues, if you're having some trauma that's coming in the past, seek a sex therapist. Life is Better With You here has tons of resources for therapists, individual therapists, couples counseling, marital counseling, sex therapists. There's a ton of things. Um, we'll also give you the information. If anybody, you know, any sexual assault, anything like that, there's a sexual assault hotline, 24 hours a day. we put the number up, one 800 656 4673. Remember that communication is key. Permission to make mistakes and being honest with yourself. It is okay. It is your body. You treat it how you want to be treated. If you've experienced a sexual assault, you are not alone and it is not your fault. Speak to someone who you trust or a trained professional to deal with that. And let's get you back to a healthier sex My challenge to you is have an intentional conversation with your partner about how you can have a healthier sexual relationship which includes boundaries and understanding of consent. My affirmation for today is I deserve sexual pleasure and to joyfully engage in sexual behaviors that are aligned with my values. And remember, Regardless of your mental health journey, life is always better with you here. Thank you and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better With You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And for more information about us, please visit our website, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, please leave us a comment. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, call 988 or text STEVE S-T-E-V-E to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.